served him for a little while. After we got to know him, the Bible said I, that, that now he isn't. I started out believing that maybe he could, believing that he would. But now I know him. And because I know him, in my knowing him, I become persuaded. Amen. I am persuaded today. I am persuaded that neither life nor death or angels or principalities, things present or things to come, height nor death, right? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Jesus said, no man can take my joy. Amen. No man can take my joy. No Republican can take my joy. No Democrat can take my joy. No newscaster can take my joy. No terrorist can take my joy. Huh? Jesus said no man can take my joy. But he said this. He said a woman when she is in labor has sorrow. Think about this oxymoron. When a woman... When she is in labor, has sorrow. She's desired this child. Look forward to this child. Huh? She is now in labor and has sorrow. Why is she in sorrow? Because her hour has come. Amen. When I feel that sorrow has overtaken my joy, it's an indication that my hour has come. Jesus said, you're going to weep and have sorrow. But your sorrow is an indication that that which you have been believing and looking forward to, your time has come. It's an indicator that now that you've gone through the process, now you've gone through these months of anguish and these months of development, that your time has come to give birth. And your greatest pain and your greatest sorrow is in the time of your greatest breakthrough. Huh? But as soon as you give birth, you forget all about the sorrow. Huh? Women that have children say that it's greatest pain of their life going through childbirth. Huh? But I don't see very many mamas that have three and four year olds look at them and say, I'm still mad at you. You cause me so much pain. Birthday number four or five roll around and say on their happy on the cake it says, You're the worst day of my life. You don't see that. But even doctors say that that was a time of childbirth is the closest that uh, that women come to to death. Amen. But you don't see people holding on to that 
right? Because the moment that they see the baby, the moment that they hold life in their hands, they forget about the anguish that they just went through. They forget about the hours of labor. They forget about the time of toil because the greatness has been been revealed. The greatness is now laying in their arms. I admire every uh, woman that has ever given childbirth. If I, you know, I know I'm not going to have any, but if I were a woman and I'm not looking to be, but if I were and I had a baby, I'd just say, sign me up for a C-section today. Amen. Ain't none of that business of going through all of that toil and all of that pressure. But I want to tell you today that in our lives, we have to go through the birthing process. We've got to go through the toil. We've got to go through the anguish. Amen. The greatest test brings forth the greatest promotion. Your hour has come. And the very fact that you're going through what you're going through, the very fact that you're going through the time of pain, the time of sorrow, your sorrow. Sorrow is an announcement that your season has come. Your time has come. But as soon as you give birth, you forget all about the sorrow because the joy that has come into your life. If you don't understand the kingdom, then you might misunderstand my praise. If you see me praising strong, it's not because that I've got victory. It's because I'm under an attack. Because my greatest praise does not come on the mountaintop. My greatest praise comes in the valley of the shadow of death. My very praise is the strongest praise is when all of hell is assailing me. When everything is going wrong in my life, it is then that my greatest praise. So if you see me shouting, if you see me jumping, if you see me rejoicing or lifting my hands and singing my song unto the Lord. It's not because I've got victory. I'm pressing my way through the sorrow because I know that joy is coming up in the morning. I know that joy of the Lord is going to be revealed in my life. You see, I found out as as I've walked with the Lord that I don't allow the enemy to steal my joy. God will turn it for me. The reason some people are still mourning is because they're not willing to dance. Amen. He said he would turn your mourning into dancing. Amen. And if you're not willing to dance, then you're going to have to mourn. Amen. We don't have a problem acting a fool everywhere else. You can't believe what some folks will do. Huh? But can't even praise God up in the house of God. Can't even worship God or give him some kind of praise right up in the house where it's safe. Amen. And so if you can't praise him where in a safe place, you're sure enough not going to give him glory in the world. But you got to learn how to practice in a safe place. You got to learn how to practice in the house of the Lord and say that I will dance before the Lord and my morning will be turned to dancing. God's about to turn it for you today. God can bless you so big that you can't even remember why you were sad in the first place. 
Amen. You ever had God bless you so that you can't even remember why you were sad? I've seen people out that I done forgot were mad at me and I'd run up and say, hey, how you doing? And they'd have that old disdain look on their face. I didn't even remember. And then I'd remember, oh, they don't like me. Amen. But God can bless you so that you don't even know. You don't even remember. Amen. Look at Joseph's life. Look at Joseph's life. If you, you want to be encouraged, read about Joseph. If you think you got it bad, read about Joseph. And you know the thing that I love about Joseph? There is no record anywhere in the story of Joseph where he ever complained, where he ever got ugly. Somehow he just held on to the promise of God for his life. Now, just think about this. His, his, his hate started at the, his own house. His brothers hated him. And the Bible, the Bible said they hated him even the more. They hated him so much until they took him and threw him into a pit, which the pit is a dry well, a dry place. Amen. But you see, he had a praise. He never got down. And because he had a praise and he never got down, amen, the the pit could not keep him. He was raised up out of the pit. Who raised him up out of the pit? Judah. Amen. Judah raised him up out of the pit. I'm going to tell you today, your praise will bring you out of the pit. It'll cause you to get on to where your destiny is. But they brought him out of a pit only to sell him into slavery. Huh? Then he, 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 he was there and he was lied on by Mrs. Potiphar. He was put into prison. And even in the prison, he keeps on using his gift, right? And he keeps on using the gift that God places on in the inside of him. Even though he was in a prison, it could not stop his gift from working. But look at this. The people that he helped to fulfill their destiny, when they got what they wanted, forgot his name and left him in the prison. But the only one that loved him thought he was dead. But God. I said, but God turned it for Joseph. Amen. I want to tell you today that no matter where you are or what you're going through, that God is able to turn it for you. Sorrow will only be there for a while and the world will rejoice while you're weeping, but it's only going to last for the season, but it's going to turn. And when God turns it, no man can turn it back. Glory to God. Joseph rose up. He came out of all that he went through and God got him to where he was going. And Joseph had two sons. Huh? He had two sons, and he named the firstborn Manasseh. Why? 
Because Manasseh means this, for God has made me forget all of the toil of my father's house. All. He made me forget my brothers hating me. He made me forget all about being put into a pit. He made me forget all about being sold into slavery. He made me forget all of the toil of my father's house. You see, God can heal you so good that when you come out of all the hell the enemy has put you through, that he can put a spirit of forget on you to where you forget all of the toil, all of the torment, all of the sorrow, all of the brokenness, all of the lies, everything that the world and all the people have put on you. God can heal you so to cause you to forget all of the toil of your father's house. Amen. And then he had another son. And he called him Ephraim. And the name Ephraim means for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. He didn't say, after I got out of the land of my affliction, I became fruitful. But in the land, all that the enemy has put on you, everything that he has tried to oppress you, torment you, and the weeping that you've gone through, right in the midst of the land of the affliction, God is going to cause fruit to come forth. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. That your affliction hasn't been wasted. Huh? That your test hasn't just been torment. It's been preparing the ground for the fruit. Amen. The fruitfulness of your reward. God isn't going to allow you to go through what you're going through and it be forever. God is going to turn it. He's going to turn your sorrow into joy. He's going to turn your mourning into dancing. Amen. And you may be in the place of sorrow today, but don't give up on it because the sorrow is witness that you're about to give birth to the blessing. Amen. And I'm done. So, you have a choice to make. Am I going to live in sorrow or am I going to live in joy? Am I going to mourn or am I going to dance? I can't turn it. But my job isn't to turn it. My job is to stand in joy. Don't let the joy be stolen away. Because my joy 
of the Lord is my strength. And as long as I have joy on the inside, I have strength to stand on the outside until God turns it for my good and his glory. And he's about to turn it. I said he's about to turn it. And he's going to receive the glory. Amen. Hallelujah.